Hello and welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 155, and we're guessing an anime's plot through its openings and endings, part two. As always, there will be spoilers throughout this episode, although truthfully, we don't know if we're spoiling, but I'm going to guess we're, we're going to spoil stuff accidentally. Part two, part two, part two, part two. <laughs> and right off the bat, um, want to call this out there. I'm very nasally right now. Um, the past several years, we've suffered from seasonal allergies in the fall, and it's that time of the year. So um, I took allergy meds this morning. Uh, it helped a little bit, but not entirely. So I sound pretty stuffy right now. I think I'm also starting to feel these seasonal allergies. I think there was an episode of uh, Strictly Jojo that we did recently where I said, oh, usually around this time of year, like seasonal allergies are pretty bad, but I'm, I'm doing fine so far. And I think that the very next day, it just hit me. And so today, my nose has been running. I've been sneezing for like five sneezes in a row. <laughs> um, my eyes have been watery. Um, I, I did take allergy meds as well, but... Yeah, I think now I'm I'm bearing the brunt of it. So not fun, but hopefully both of us still still sound okay on your guys' end. But at the end of the day, who cares about our allergies? You know what really matters? What matters? We have a new patron to welcome. Oh, that does matter. <laughs> and we want to give a huge shout out and welcome to our newest patron, Chris L. Woohoo! Yes, thank you, Chris L, for your support of our podcast. You are now more familiar to us than these openings and endings could ever be. <laughs> yes, thank you so much, Chris. We really appreciate you supporting the Strictly series um, and everything that we do here. And if any of you guys would like to support the show as well and get access to things like our bonus episodes, our pre-show, our show schedules, all of that can be found over at patreon.com slash strictly series. So let's just jump right into it because this is part two of our two-part little mini series where we're guessing what an anime is all about based off of just watching the OP or ED. Yes, because we did get a lot of responses through our Discord and we just had so many to sort through and so many that we wanted to listen through. Um, and so, and the second part of this. So thank you again to everyone who participated in that discord thread uh but just to briefly touch upon part one i i did want to clear up a a mistake that i made um just because i i'm sure there were some of you who were listening to this and were kind of like what the hell is he talking about uh but i'm referring to our analysis for the link click op i think i had erroneously translated donghua as the Chinese equivalent of manga when it's actually the Chinese equivalent to anime. So I think it would be manhua would be the manga equivalent. So I'm sure a lot of our, uh, our Chinese or Chinese-speaking listeners were listening to me and just shaking their heads. <laughs> then what's the equivalent um, in Korea? I think it's also called... You know what? Before I say anything, I'm going to look <laughs> it up. Uh, but I'm pretty sure... And Korean, it's also called manhua, but it's, I guess, in the uh, English uh, translation, like when they spell it out in English for Korean, it would be M-A-N-H-W-A, and in Chinese, it would be M-A-N-H-U-A. 
So both sound very similar, of course, to the word manga, which applies to Japanese uh, comics, basically. As we shared a little bit ago, um, there's the potential for some major spoilers uh, as we talk through each of these OPs or EDs, but we won't know that. So again, just spoiler warning, I guess, or potential spoiler warning now. Um, just tread carefully if you haven't seen any of the shows that we're going to talk about. Uh, but we actually do have a couple of EDs this time around. So I know, okay, we're not trying to be misleading. I know that the title of these episodes are OPs and EDs or openings and endings. It, it just so happened that the the vast majority of submissions from our listeners were OPs. Um, so we tried to pull just a couple of EDs for this episode so we weren't technically lying or misleading <laughs> with the title. Uh, but yeah, I think OPs are just easier and a lot more fun um, to go through. And usually the OPs are the ones that spoil a lot more about a show than the ED. Yeah. I mean, we had great EDs in this selection. It was just very difficult to kind of figure out the premise of that respective series based on what we were hearing and seeing. But yeah, still looking forward to discussing these and eventually figuring out what the premise of each series is. Yeah. So just like we did in the part one episode, um, we're going to go through our patron submissions first. Um, and then we're going to talk about uh, a couple of things. The vibe check, like what's the vibe we're getting from this OP or ED? Um, talk about a few like key things that we notice in the visuals of the OP or ED. Um, and then Carl will share the actual synopsis after we guess what we think the show's about to see how accurate we are and then at the end we would share or we will share whether we'd watch this anime or not so to kick things off we're going to start with Bokurano the OP for Bokurano which is Uninstall by Chiaki Ishikawa and this was submitted to us by our patron the big yikes um so I'll admit I know like surface level about Bokurano that it has something to do with like a ca- like a bunch of kids or something but that's pretty much all all I know all I know is that bokurano means ours in Japanese like the possession of we I only know this because I think this was the title of My Hero Academia's most recent OP for season six right I I think so maybe yeah, I'm pretty sure most recent season was season six. Um, but that's the extent I I knew about. I, I guess I didn't really know much about this anime except trying to piece together the translation of Bokurano. And so a lot of my analysis and guesses were kind of just based off of that. So what's the vibe that we're getting from Bokurano? Because um, I, I felt like it was very, the OP was very edgy moody kind of dramatic because there's a chick who like is crying at one point did you get that same vibe i kind of got the vibes of epic drama and that's more so listening to the song because uh listening to or watching the video and listening to it the the fucking choir in the beginning it got me spooked (laughs) before it kind of transitioned into this traditional mid-tempo rock song that we hear in a lot of anime openings and then the chorus having this repeated uninstall line alongside all of these like uh, landscape vistas of like it looked like mostly cities and and skylines and such. Um, yeah, 
this one i feel like i know we said this was like eureka seven in the past episode but i kind of got code geass vibes with this and maybe it's just because there there's the shot of the fucking massive mecca <laughs> and so yeah that, i think that's where i also kind of thought this is going to be more of an epic sort of series i actually got more like evangelion vibes oh just okay, during yeah. the parts where the mech was like stomping through the city yeah I, unfortunately i haven't watched evangelion yet but of what i know about evangelion yeah i can see the vibes from that i think the majority of this op is like the giant mech and then a bunch of kids and like some other people so i don't really know based off of the op like what the correlation is between the kids and the mech because it's it kind of seems like there are shots of this mech and there are shots of it like stomping through a city and then separately there's shots of like kids and then like it shows like each kid in a different setting or whatever and then one of them's crying at the end i think yeah it's kind of like they're all in their own world or, or kind of doing their own thing until i feel like something unites them together and thankfully this the video that the big yikes uh offered on discord for this opening it had translations for or english translations for the the lyrics and there were lyrics about like rising to a better station in life and kind of uniting as one human race so that gets me thinking that at some point in the series, I'm sure these kids or these young characters are going to uh, band together and kind of in the vein of Code Geass, like try to ignite a revolution. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's just my theory. Um, but yeah, some of these kids, like the shots of some of these kids were just wild. Like there's the one where it's the kid running and it's like- Through the, the field? Yeah, and he's yeah. kind of like- I was like, what yeah. the fuck is that? <laughs> it's a weird posture, almost like how Titans run. Yeah. On Titan. And the other shot I love is like the kid that's just wielding the fucking pistol. Dude, that gun is huge. I yeah. was like, why is that, that gun so big? It's probably because he's a small kid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, you know, kids are more capable than we know. I so. guess so. <laughs> um, and then I thought this was just a, a funny sort of like tropey shot. Um, there's the guy at the end with that like reflection in his glasses that you always see with anime characters who wear glasses as if they're about to do something sinister or they had some sort of um, light bulb pop up in their head uh, and he's holding Zawardo in his hand. Yeah, so, I'm guessing some kind of like mastermind. Yeah, giving, uh, giving antagonist vibes. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we think this anime is about? I I'm guessing that these kids live in the city where like a war is breaking out and there's this giant mech that's destroying everything around them because i think there is one shot of like one of the kids looking at like the destroyed city so like i don't think they're totally separate scenarios i think it's like wherever the kids are at that's where the mech is and that's like where the mech is destroying everything around them now again, the correlation between the mech and the kids, I don't, I don't know. Maybe the kids band together and fight the mech. <laughs> Although I think they would lose at that what? point. <laughs> it's like a bunch of Davids versus a Goliath. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's the best that I could piece together from this OP. What about you? See, I didn't even consider the fact that <laughs> the mech could actually be their enemy because I thought 
like like as I said earlier, like these kids are all from different walks of life, but they get together uh, to ignite some sort of revolution against. I'm assuming the villain of this series, who is the guy with the glasses um, and, and holding the world as if he's like wanting to take control um, and, and dominate and and be this villainous leader. Um, and I guess you know, the kids kind of just stumble upon this mech. Maybe it appears out of nowhere or maybe a kid has a connection to the mech and they kind of use that as an ally in their cause. Maybe, okay, yeah, it, maybe the kids are controlling the mech, but they do such a shitty job at it that they accidentally destroy the city. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> I then, <don't> know. <laughs> and then they say it's our fault. Yeah. And that's where Bokurano the title comes in. So what is this show actually about? What is the synopsis? And are you reading this off of Mal or Wiki? Because I know you were doing Mal in the last episode. Yeah, I'm, just for consistency, I'm going to read the synopses for these series again off of Mal or my anime list. So the synopsis for Bokurano states, as 15 children at a summer camp enjoy their carefree vacation together, they stumble upon a small cave near the beach. The group finds a mysterious room deep within its caverns where they meet a strange man who calls himself Kokopelli. The man invites the children to play a game that involves taking turns controlling a robot to protect the earth against aliens. Thinking it might be an interesting computer game, all but one of the children sign a contract agreeing to play. Later that day, the giant robot appears in person and the children are teleported into its cockpit, where they find Cocopelli, who pilots a fight against a similar robotic creature that has appeared nearby. After winning the battle, Cocopelli tries to apologize, but is interrupted as the children are teleported back to the ground in the midst of the carnage. As the bewilderment following the fight settles, the robot suddenly disappears and the children are left scared and confused. Despite seeming like a harmless game at first, the children never anticipated the stakes of this game and how their pasts would intertwine with their decisions going forward. Huh. So it's I was gonna say it's not like an isekai, but more like a a, a game come to life. I guess so. Okay. Who's this Coco Pell? Is that the guy with the glasses? It must be. Um, looking this up really quick. Oh yeah. Okay. So I guess he wasn't the villain. Yeah, Coco Pell is the guy with the glasses. Oh. <laughs> um, but I don't know if he's really the villain. I guess he's more of like the like a a gray area of a character. He's the catalyst to start these this chain of events. So I mean, we weren't off about. Like the 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 mecha, the robot. <laughs> well, okay, so I thought it was like the enemy. You were more you were more accurate than I was. Yeah, I guess yeah. The kids, they're not really coming together. They were just kind of forced to come together. <laughs> <laughs> so then the question is, would we watch this anime? I truthfully have had this on my watch list for a long time. So I would say yes. Eventually, I will watch this anime. Um, I'm a little more interested than, interested than I was originally having heard that synopsis and watching this OP. So yeah, I, I'd say I'd watch it. What about you? I think I too would watch this uh, just to kind of expand upon my Mecha Horizon since I have a very limited uh, repertoire of series I've watched in that genre. Um, and I, I, it seems like this is more of like a kind of like a thriller as you know like these kids are trying to find or figure out like 
what their actions in this i'm assuming game revolving around this mech like how that's affecting the world around them i think that's obvious because it seems like uh, it's causing some wanton destruction but i'd love to see like more of like that mystery unfold the next anime we have is bludgeoning angel dokuro-chan and it's the op from this anime which is bokusatsu tenchi dokuro-chan which might just be the same thing mm-hmm. um and this is oh wait by cycle chiba and this was submitted to us by jeff from otaku host club podcast so hey. as soon as i saw jeff's name pop up in the discord i was like oh this is gonna be interesting <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know what to expect but i knew it was gonna be very interesting <laughs> so vibe check wise i i immediately got cutesy vibes but then as the op went on i was like this is kind of wacky and unexpected and i feel like this is going to be an anime that, you know, to to quote you, subverts expectations. I just love the That is a vibe. It's a vibe for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I think the, the the happiness and cheerfulness of this song are like misleading because <laughs> and even the lyrics kind of spoil like how kind of fucked up this anime or this series might be. Uh I think the first thing that's like a red flag is like, you see this this lolly angel like flying through the air and then right next to her this bat with I'm assuming metal spikes starts flying <laughs> next to her. Uh wasn't that a oh no, I'm thinking of the sword isekai where there's just a like a sentient a sentient weapon, I guess that's Oh yeah, I think that's the, the one. Um but yeah, like immediately I think oh is is this is this girl like sadistic? Um, but yeah, I'm just hearing this song with its happy nature uh, set to these really fucked up lyrics. Like I think at one point the, the singer says like slice or punch or torment, which just makes me think like, I, I would be really interested to find out like what this show is about. But like upon first glance, I was kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's exactly my same reaction. And I saw like there were some angels and demons and everyone's a cute lolly. Um, but then, yeah, I saw like the the spiked weapon and this main character, this angel or whatever, is beating people up. Um, but at first, like, okay, so there's like two rounds of her beating people up. And in the first one, I thought I saw somebody who seems to be like enjoying it or maybe they're just crying. Like a so, masochist. Yeah. So I was like, oh, is she a sadist? Maybe she just enjoys this shit. Um, and then like more random stuff happens. There was like a random monkey face. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know the what to make of that. <laughs> but then as the OP goes on, like now there's like blood splattering everywhere and she's kind of like moving from like sadist tendencies to actually like torturing and killing people. So I was like, oh, I don't know where this is going, but it seems kind of wild. And then there's those images of like that guy like a student or something Mm -hmm. um, that like looks beat up. But then she goes over to him and like kisses him like affectionately. And I think the lyrics say like, uh, this is my love. Oh, her love language is beating people up. (laughs) Her love language is violence. Yeah, or maybe maybe this is like the teasing anime to the next level. Holy shit. You're not teasing them, you're just beating the shit out of them. (laughs) So um, what would you guess that this anime is about? Uh, so I guess this it's this angel character who appears out of nowhere, although she's probably a devil in disguise. And I guess the way I saw it was like she's trying to change these students' lives for the better. 
but through very ultra-violent means. Because it, it seems like she means well, but it just <laughs> comes off as very sadistic. Uh, but what what did you think about, or like, what do you think the premise of this is? So based off of the OP and the name of the anime, which is Bludgeoning Angel Dokuro-chan, um, I'm guessing like, maybe the angel is actually evil, like maybe the Yandere sadist type, um, or maybe she's just going after this one guy because she's infatuated with him. Like maybe she kills everyone else, but she like keeps this one mm. guy alive because she's in love with him and her, her love language is violence. So that's how she expresses herself. That was about the the best that I could do with the, the very, very um, interesting OP that we watched. So what is this show actually about? First off, I want to note that um, Mal has an alternative title for this anime as Club to Death Angel Dokurochan. What the fuck? <laughs> Which sounds even wilder than Bludgeoning Angel, right? Yeah, Bludgeoning Angel Dokurochan. But the synopsis reads, Sakura Kusakabe, a mere junior high student, has committed a horrible crime. Or rather, he will commit a crime 20 years into the future. The crime in question he will prevent all women from developing past the age of 12 with immortality as an unintended side effect. What the fuck? As a result, the angel Dokuro Mitsukai is sent from the future as an assassin armed with a magical spiked bat named Excalibur. Oh, okay. Uh, however, however, rather than kill him, Dokuro wants to take a different approach. She resolves to be a constant nuisance to Sakura in an attempt to prevent him from focusing on anything long enough to create his criminal technology. With Dokuro going against orders, the angel Sabato is sent out to complete Dokuro's mission. Between the impulsive Dokuro, who often murders Sakura with her bat before reviving him with the magic words, <laughs> and the electronic baton-wielding Sabato, Sakura's life will never be peaceful again. What the hell? <laughs> that is wild. So based off of that, would you watch this anime? I actually would. I <laughs> Just from hearing this, it feels like it's a, a super trashy anime. And uh, I think the score on Mal kind of reflects that too. What is the score? I'm curious. Uh, it's at a 6.54. Oh, okay. Uh but it's only four episodes, so it's listed as an OVA. Uh, so I feel like it's an easy watch. But you know, sometimes you just you just need to throw in a little trashy now and then. Uh, would you consider watching Bludgeoning Angel or was it Club to Death Angel? <laughs> so I would say maybe leaning towards yes. Um, it's it's just weird enough that it like piques my interest. But then I hearing that the guy is like a lollycon and he doesn't want anyone to any women to age past 12. Yeah, I didn't is, get that is weird. from like any of the opening. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that that could be a little bit weird. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's wacky enough that there's not much else that I can think of that sounds similar to this. So yeah, I think it'd be worth a watch. Okay, I, again, I'm still in the maybe camp, but leaning towards yes. Moving on, we have our first ED of, I think, only two EDs, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, so the first one that we have is from the anime Charlotte, and that ED is Yake Ochinai Tsubasa by Ao Tada, and this is submitted to us by Chi-Chi. So 
vibe check and this is a bit a bit tough because with this ed there's not much going on but vibe check wise i'm immediately thinking slice of life maybe a romance but definitely a slice of life i was thinking the same thing too although the song and the visuals of this ed are just very moody and reflective which i guess is kind of a a constant for many anime eds uh, kind of showing characters in a a more somber or melancholy light. Um, yeah, some of the things I picked up with this, uh, it, it's all focused on this one female character, kind of like tropey still shots of her going about her everyday life. Um, things like waiting outside a store, eating a pocky, which I noticed she also had a, a camcorder in her hand or listening to music off of her phone. So I must, I'm assuming this is the eponymous charlotte uh that the series is based on that's what i'm guessing too and yeah i saw same imagery i mean most of this is really just her at night staring up at the stars while multitasking doing other stuff but it does start off with some guy and he like looks out the window at the stars first see i don't know if that's just that's the ending of whatever episode this video pulls from you know, oh, you know, like how it kind of transitions from a scene into the ending. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, it, it looks like this was a, a pretty, I don't know if in, intense is the right word, but a, a pretty tense scene for this character. Well, assuming it's not, assuming it's like that guy is supposed to be there. I, I'm guessing like if it's a slice of life, possibly romance, maybe that's the romantic interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of. But there's not a lot to go off of with this. So if I'm going to guess what this anime is actually about, I'm just going to say it's about some girl named Charlotte, um, possibly some like romantic tension with the guy at the very beginning. Maybe he's in love with her, um, but she's going through some shit, which is why she's out late and doesn't want to go home. She's like too busy filming the stars and listening to music and eating Pocky and shopping at the Combini. So, yeah, it just it gives me vibes like it's a slice of life that's generally lighthearted, but then has like a really intense, um, dramatic like undertone, like something's going to happen or something's going on with this character. Yeah, I mean, it was hard for me to kind of come up with a premise with, since like this ED, I don't think really gave hints as to what the show is about compared to how much is packed in a typical OP. But my guess is as good as yours. It's. I think it's a, a sort of like day in the life or peek into the life of an ordinary girl named Charlotte who I'll say she may not be as ordinary as you think because I feel like there were shots of the night sky and this ending, you know, with the shooting stars kind of reflected on, I think there was like uh, a lake that uh, the character was overlooking uh, and other shots of like the, the sky above her. I don't. I felt like maybe it's hinting to the supernatural, um, but on the other hand, it might just be stylized for the sake of the ending. But yeah, to your point, I feel like there's something else to Charlotte that uh, makes this more than a slice of life. I do want to note that our Discord member Chichi that submitted this ED also submitted the OP, I believe. But we went with the ED because we wanted to try and tackle this one with the ED. Of course, have some EDs, first of all. We wanted to challenge ourselves. Yeah, and this one was was definitely a challenge. So now I'm curious, like, how 
how much can we really deduce from this ED and how accurate are we based off of the mouse synopsis? And speaking of which, the mouse synopsis for Charlotte reads, if not for his ability to take over people's mind and body. Oh my God, you knew it. (laughs) Supernatural. (laughs) Yu Otosaka would be an ordinary high school student. Though it only lasts for five seconds at a time, Yu's mysterious power allowed him to cheat his way to the top of his class and enter a prestigious high school where he continues his dishonest acts. His shenanigans are eventually stopped by Nao Tomori, the headstrong student council president from Hoshinomi Academy, who sees through his deceit. Through coercion, Nao convinces Yu to transfer to Hoshinomi and join the student council. Hoshinomi Academy is secretly an institution created for adolescents who possess supernatural abilities, with the student council serving as a means of locating those who abuse their powers. With Yu begrudgingly assisting in council affairs, the group sets out to find and protect new ability users from harm. However, as they further investigate the abilities, their findings entangle them in far more complicated matters than they could ever imagine. So this really isn't a slice of life. It's it's listed as a drama. On you now. you were you're on fire. You're you're getting all of these. <laughs> I mean to to figure out just from that ED that there's something supernatural at play. That that's pretty damn good. That was just a wild guess. That was kind of like <laughs> uh, what was the the ED from <laughs> the previous episode? Uh, we didn't he, have he any. Do we have any? The one where that was, was an ED. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, like, kind of in the same context uh, from the last episode, uh, the OP for Hina Matsuri. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought I was like, oh, this seems to have, like, the Yakuza involved. And yeah. It, it <laughs> wow. Again, it's like I watch anime. Um, <laughs> but also, that synopsis made no mention of Charlotte. Who's Charlotte? Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know if Charlotte is an actual person. Um, I I want to kind of look this up on Wikipedia and see if, like, Charlotte. Uh, oh, it, it's a, okay, it's a comet named Charlotte. Oh, my God. Wow, then who's so, this girl? <laughs> I guess it's just, it's probably one of many characters that have, like, these supernatural abilities that they're talking about. Okay, so that makes sense with the shooting stars. Okay. Um, it's it's the comet that is named Charlotte, and maybe that has an influence on the events in this anime. So would you watch this anime? Um, I was gonna say at first if it was like it was a slice of life, I would probably pass. But with it having this interesting premise about the supernatural, I'm I'm kind of interested now. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, who knows what we can expect from this show? Um, knowing that it's not about a girl named Charlotte, but rather about these these gifted individuals who. Or I don't know, like trying to to make sure that their powers don't go awry. Is this just X Men? Is this just Xavier's <laughs> school for gift, gifted youngsters or whatever it's called? <laughs> Probably like like X Men Japan or something. Uh, but would you consider watching the show? So originally, I was a maybe, thinking like, well, if there's a good romance, I'll watch it because it's probably just a slice of life. But hearing the actual synopsis, I'd I'd be in the yes camp. I I would watch this just because. It sounds like there's some big secret that's part of like the the story because um, it says 
that they get themselves in over their heads when they, you know, dabble a little too much in the going goings yeah, on uh, of the school. Magneto shows up. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's interesting to me. Um, but then also the fact that this guy can control people for five seconds. I imagine there's some very interesting antics that that uh, happen in this show. So yeah, I would definitely watch Charlotte. All right, next up we have um, our second and last ED of the bunch, and this is from Sword Art Online, Alicization, World, War of Underworld, The uh, so season two, I guess, technically, the first ED, which is Unlasting by Lisa, and this was submitted to us by Ian. So um, I have seen the first two seasons of Sword Art, Sword Art Online, but that was like a long time ago. I don't know what the fuck Alicization is, but the vibe that I'm getting is like moody and drama for sure. Yeah, and I too know a little bit about SAO through what I've heard from Courtney and actually some tidbits from Anime Brothers podcast. Because there was that episode we did with Ash from Simping for Senpai. Yeah, we had Asuna on the roster. Yeah, they briefly talked about, I guess, Asuna's significance um, in the in the show uh, as as part of the that waifu tournament arc uh, episode that we were featured on. Um, but yeah, I, for this opening or sorry, this ending, I was also just getting a very melancholy vibe with this shot of this blonde girl with flowing hair. That's not Asuna, is it? No, so I was sitting here watching okay. this whole thing, and I'm like, "Who the fuck is this blonde chick? Like, that's not Asuna." Mm-hmm. I was like, "What the fuck?" Because I there's that guy that shows up for a few hot seconds. I'm like, "Is that Kirito?" I was asking this. I was gonna ask the same thing. If it but... is, then I'm like, "Why isn't Asuna there?" And also, why isn't if that is Kirito? Why isn't he wearing all black? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's his his new DLC outfit. Um, I mean, there's other images like this this foggy forested area. Uh, that constantly appears, as well as like, I feel like there's digital glitches in the environment, and then the those set of television screens that this blonde girl is, um, it looks like she's lying across. So I, I feel like this is the season two first ED. So I'm assuming she's probably central to the plot of this second season. Also, great to hear Lisa in this ED. I know that she had done some SAO songs, right? Did you do any in the first season that you recall? I have no, I watched it so long ago, okay. I have no idea. <laughs> so I know that with the um, the previous episode, uh, we tried to tackle some of these like later OPs um, by like talking about what we think that particular season's about and then what the show as a whole is about. So I guess we can make that same attempt here. So... As far as like what I'm going to guess season two of Sword Art Online, Alicization, War of Underworld is about, I'm guessing like this chick, this blonde chick is stuck somewhere and is trying to find her way out or find Kirito. So that, that's like the best that I could do. For the whole show though, for all of SAO Alicization, I'm guessing that Kirito dumped Asuna and is with this blonde chick now. And maybe her name is Alice based on the title. I don't know. So we'll say it's Alice. So Alice is trapped inside this world and she's trying to escape, um, which is kind of the premise already of SAO. But we see images of her like in front of the square gateway of sorts. She's kind of like reaching for it and it's like all shiny and stuff. So I'm guessing she's trying to get out of this place 
and then Kirito is probably there to help her and then maybe get with her. I don't know. So that, that's my guess <laughs> about Alicization. What what would you guess? Um, so I guess in terms of SAO itself, I, I would say it's an isekai or one that kind of takes place within a game because there are swords and there's art and it's online. And <laughs> I guess in this season, it... it they have a forest conflict as big as that of the Battle of the Bulge in World War a II. forest conflict. <laughs> <laughs> and I, don't, I, I guess somehow this, this new female character is involved. Uh, I, I don't know if it, along the same lines that you mentioned, like she has to be rescued by the main characters, by Kirito or whoever. Uh, and that becomes a focal point for this second season. So what is SAO, Alicization, War of Underworld? So I don't know if War of Underworld is the name of the second season or if that's like a spinoff of Alicization. But what, what is this about? What is the synopsis for this? So the synopsis on Mal reads, Despite the defeat of Quinella, the pontifex of the Axiom Church, things have not seemed to calm down yet. Upon contacting the real world, Kazuto Kirito Kirigaya finds out that the Ocean Turtle, a mega float controlled by Wrath, was raided. Due to a sudden short circuit caused by the raiders, Kirito's fluct light is damaged, leaving him comatose. Feeling insecure about the people at the Axiom Church, Alice brings the unconscious Kirito back to their hometown, Rulid Village, disregarding her banishment due to an unabsolved crime. Now Alice is living an ordinary and peaceful life close by the village, wishing for Kirito to wake up. However, tragedy strikes when Alice notices that the dark territory has already started to invade the human empire. Reassuming her previous alias, Alice Synthesis 30, she promises to defeat the dark territory in order to defend the world that Kirito and Yujio work so hard to protect. I feel like we spoiled a lot for people who have watched SAO and have not gotten to this part, but... I feel like you just read an AI-generated anime plot. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was that? Yeah, that too. <laughs> what like, the I, hell was any of that? <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't know what the hell I was reading, so our apologies to anyone who hasn't caught up on Sword Art Online yet, but even for someone who hasn't watched Sword Art Online, after we do this episode... I'm probably going to forget what I just what I just <laughs> spoke about, uh, but I guess it, Alice is the the person. Hey, in I this got that evening. right. There you go, and she's with Kirito, so there mm -hmm. you go. <laughs> okay, so I think balls in your court now for, for getting these guesses right. So, would you watch this anime? Would you watch Sword Art Online Alicization? Um, I remember you not being so hot about it, and. So I don't know if like Sword Art SAO Alicization is separate than SAO because mm. I've heard it's like different. Like it, it, people who have talked about it make it seem like it's either like a separate story or a spinoff, but I don't know. So I guess, yeah, mm. I guess like Sword SAO in general, are you interested in watching any of it? Not really. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I want to delve more into like the isekai genre. Um, and I know Anime Brothers made a, a very strong point about the show when we were on their featured episode. But I guess for the time being, this would be like really low on my priority list. 
Um, especially with this, it sounds like it's it may be a spinoff of the original Sword Art Online. Maybe someone can clarify that for me. Uh, but like I, <laughs> I, I don't want like my lores to get too complicated and having all of these different shows and, and spinoffs kind of like what's going on with the walking dead now but would you consider watching uh alicization war of underworld no <laughs> no <laughs> um that hearing you read the synopsis that was already so exhausting i'm like what the fuck is going on i was already burned by season two of sao the the, the original sao or whatever it is so I don't really have any interest. And he, yeah, hearing that actual synopsis kind of actually made me lose even more interest. Maybe it's just because I'm so far removed from SAO that like I don't understand what any of those words mean <laughs> that you read. Um, but yeah, that was, I don't know. I just, I don't see myself picking this one up. So next we have an interesting one, um, and that's Goblin Slayer Season 1 OP, which is rightfully by Millie. And this is submitted by Dimitrov N., um yeah interesting that we've got goblin slayer here because i know what i know about this show just through the memes which basically means all i know is that girls get assaulted by goblins i was about to say i've heard some weird shit about this anime yeah <laughs> that's 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 the extent of it well vibe check wise um watching this op i mean very dramatic um very edgy a lot of battling yeah you would figure with a show called goblin slayer like there would be a lot of battling um yeah i guess i got kind of epic drama vibes similar to bokrano I, I do like the shot of the the two characters in the beginning of the opening perched atop large replicas of these sort of fantasy weapons um seeing that because it seems like it's always this knight and this female character that's that are paired up kind of gives me uh, Last of Us vibes in this sort of team-up. Although I think there's a later shot where it shows these other characters joining these two characters. Uh, the one thing I didn't know what to make of is these shots of dice being rolled. Same. I was like, what the fuck is this? The only yeah. thing I could think of is like... um Maybe it's like a game of chance, whether you get assaulted by goblins or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't really know to make a game of chance or like these characters having to take a gamble on their lives or if it's kind of like, are these associated with certain contracts that they have to uh, fulfill in like slaying these goblins? But yeah, that just makes me curious what the premise of the show actually is and i'm guessing the guy in the suit of armor is the goblin slayer um i i thought that the chick that's with him the blonde chick was either like a priestess or like a mage type because when they have those other characters join their group at the end you can see there's like an archer and whatnot so i'm getting like mmo vibes from this as well um but if i were to guess what the premise of Goblin Slayer actually is besides what I know through memes. I'm actually going to throw kind of a wild piece out, um, like a, a wild spin to, to my guess. Maybe this is actually an isekai. And the guy became the Goblin Slayer hmm. in this new world, um, which this new world is based in like the premise of like MMOs and, and whatnot. So he slays goblins to save the town or maybe the world or maybe 
save people from getting assaulted. But, you know, you've got the the classic group. So, like, he's the the paladin, um, like, tank type or whatever. I don't know. You're looking at me like, what the fuck are you saying? You never played never MMOs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for anyone who has, you'll, you'll kind of get the vibe. I mean, it's the same shit with a lot of isekai, which is why I'm guessing maybe there's isekai elements to this. I could be totally wrong. Um, but, you know, as soon as I saw the archer, I was like, here we go. This is this is where where my my head's going with all of this. Um, so that, that's the best that I could guess. There there's this group. They're killing goblins because goblins are a threat to the kingdom or the world or whatever. And um, they're they're not they're they're doing things to people they shouldn't be doing. So the goblin slayer has to go kill them all. What did you <laughs> think that this is about? Uh, so the girl is the knight or the goblin slayer's sister who has turned into a goblin. And so he must join the goblin slayer core to find a way to get his revenge on the Michael Jackson goblin and turn his sister back to normal. There's a Ma- Michael Jackson goblin? You don't know what Oh, I you're was... talking about Demon Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you don't know what I'm referencing. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I get, but my real guess is, I guess it's, it, it is a group of goblin slayers just, uh, surmising from who appears at the end of this opening and they are tasked with eliminating this this goblin threat until i feel like there's always this caveat about the the truth of the world and so what they find out like what the truth of the world is and that kind of flips their flips the mission up on their heads and i don't know if that's what the, the sort of dice are referring to in the opening. So what is Goblin Slayer actually about besides the memes? So goblins are known for their ferocity, cunning, and rapid reproduction, but their oh reputation <laughs> as the <laughs> is that what that is? Uh, the reputation as the lowliest of monsters causes their threat to be overlooked. Raiding rural civilizations to kidnap females of other species for breeding. Oh. These vile creatures are free to continue their onslaught as adventurers turn a blind eye in favor of more rewarding assignments with larger bounties. To commemorate her first day as a porcelain-ranked adventurer, the 15-year-old priestess joins a band of young, enthusiastic rookies to investigate a tribe of goblins responsible for the disappearance of several village women. Unprepared and inexperienced, the group soon faces its inevitable demise from an ambush while exploring a cave. With no one else left standing, the terrified priestess accepts her fate until the goblin slayer unexpectedly appears to not only rescue her with little effort, but destroy the entire goblin nest. As a holder of the prestigious silver rank, the goblin slayer allows her to accompany him as he assists the adventurer's guild in all goblin-related matters. Together with the priestess, high elf, dwarf, and lizard man, the armored warrior will not rest until every single goblin in the frontier lands has been eradicated for good. So would we watch this anime? Um, I would say I'm tempted only because Yuichiro Umehara voices the goblin slayer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but probably no. I, I honestly probably would not watch Goblin Slayer. But, you know, if someone were to to try to get me to watch it, I could be convinced just to listen to Umehara's performance as the Goblin Slayer. Um, but I mean, hearing that that synopsis, we weren't far off from what the show actually is I mean, about. Yeah. I think the title is kind of a giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> but would you would you watch Goblin Slayer? I'd rather be Goblin D's Nuts than watch wow. Goblin Slayer. <laughs> 
<laughs> Although, like listening or reading the synopsis, he the, the goblin slayer kind of gives me <laughs> here it is, kind of gives me the Dark Knight vibes, oh, gives me Batman God. vibes as this you know, crusader for justice and uh, him being like the ultimate warrior to face down the goblin threat. But I'm not very interested in fantasy anime unless it's like a really compelling story um and and this one just seems like you know you're going on an adventure to eliminate a threat um i I know there are plenty of memes and and like a lot of talk surrounding goblin slayer uh but i don't think those are enough to kind of hold my interest in the show yeah, I'll just stick with the memes for now that float around the anime community. I think that's that's plenty of Goblin Slayer for me. And next up, we have Amagi Brilliant Park, Season 1 OP, um, which is Extra Magic Hour by Akino with Bless 4. I don't, I don't know any of those people. But this was submitted to us by Coco Bell. Um, so I think this is a KyoAni show, isn't it? Um, well, I have to look that up really quick. Is this the show where that meme comes about the guy who saw his girlfriend have sex with another guy? What? And then as revenge, he also had sex with the guy. What? <laughs> maybe maybe I'm thinking of... I thought I saw this meme and it was somehow attached to Amagi Brilliant Park. Uh... Or it might have been a comment on the meme. And it was like them throwing people off the scent. <laughs> Maybe. I don't Someone know. Someone <laughs> needs to clarify this for me. Because I'm pretty sure the scene I'm talking about takes place in a theme park. And that's why I had that association. But this is, if this is a, Ky- a Kyo Annie, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. think that would be something that they um, would make. But maybe <laughs> maybe they've made some wild shit that I'm not familiar with. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Someone someone, please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but it, yeah, it is a Kyo Annie work. All right, Kyoto Animation. I mean, you the second the OP started, I'm like, this looks like Kyoto Animation, animation style. So I figured as much, but... I don't know. Maybe they maybe they made some wild shit with the Moggy Brilliant Park that was outside of their their norm. <laughs> but vibe check wise, I don't get vibes of um, you know cheating, <laughs> but I do get vibes <laughs> that are like vibrant, energetic, a little bit of what the fuck, um, but you know very like hyper and like fun because it's a, a theme park. Yeah, it give me slice of life vibes, but the that being based in a theme park rather than like watching students go about their daily lives at a high school so i think the 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 change in setting is pretty interesting although it makes me wonder there there looked like there was an anthropomorphic sheep in this opening i think they're all anthropomorphic animals like they all seem to be like the mascots of the park but they seem like they're anthropomorphic unless that's just the way that kyoto animation is like portraying them no, because there were shots of it looks like people dressed up as the mascots, but then there's this sheep that looks like it actually, like its mouth is moving and and talking and emoting, like its face is emoting. Uh, so I don't know what to make of that. Like if it's like just this imaginary character that maybe these other real life characters see. Maybe there's also that weird moment where. 
who I'm guessing is like one of the main female characters is like naked and bound by thorns. Yeah. And then you got like another shot of like some creepy, like a three a trio of creepy dudes like smiling, all like evil and whatnot. Um, so the that's sinister weird. construction workers. Sinister that's construction workers. <laughs> wrote it. Although I don't think they are. Maybe they're not construct. They look like they're wearing those um, those yellow hats that like the Japanese kids wear when they're on field trips. Oh, are they evil school kids? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So, what would you guess that Amagi Brilliant Park is actually about? Um, so I'll say that Amagi Brilliant Park is a place, a theme park that strives to be the happiest place on earth but then there's some shady shit going on behind the scenes where you'd rather not see how the sausage gets made i'm just thinking of that because of who i originally called the construction workers <laughs> and then th that woman wrapped up in thorny vines but then you saying that this is a kyoani work or us learning that it is uh, makes me think that i am way out of the ballpark or the theme park with this one what do you think the premise is? So the OP starts off with a fairy tale like book and then transitions into the theme park. So I'm going to guess that this is a theme park where fairy tale characters got like reverse isekai into our world. And now like the patrons of this theme park think that they're all all regular people who work there and are like acting in character. But it's actually the real characters like the anthropomorphic animals um, or the chick who's like bound by thorns, like she's in like a princess dress and stuff. So maybe like the real people have to help the fairy tale people get back to their home, but they're like disguised at the theme park so no one knows what's going on. Um, <laughs> but also there's like a bunch of shots of this, what I assume to be kind of like Sundere or maybe just like some egotistical male character. Um, so maybe he's kind of the real world dude who's helping the fairy tale world chick because when i see that image of her like bound by the thorns i feel like she's trapped right like something's wrong mm. with her not wrong with her but like with her situation and so he needs to help her in some way but what is what is amagi brilliant park actually about so seiya kanye a smart and extremely narcissistic high school go. student believes that the beautiful but reserved Isuzu Sento has invited him on a date at an amusement park called Amagi Brilliant Park. Much to his chagrin, not only is the location a rundown facility, the supposed date is merely a recruitment tour where Sento and Princess Latifa Floranza, the owner of the theme park, ask him to become the park's new manager. Their cause for desperation as stipulated in a land use contract, Amagi has less than three months to meet a quota of 500,000 guests, or the park will be closed for good and the land redeveloped by a greedy real estate company. Seiya is won over by the revelation that Amagi is no ordinary amusement park. Many of its employees are maple landers, mysterious magical beings who live in the human world and are nourished by the energy created by people having fun. Entrusted with the hopes and dreams of this far-off enchanted land, Seiya must now use his many skills to bring Amagi back on its feet or watch it crumble before his eyes. Well, so you were right on the dot. Boom. Told ya. I, so, I knew something. <laughs> like, when I saw the fairy tale imagery and the anthropomorphic animals, I'm like, this is some weird shit. There's, there's something supernatural about this one. 
Yeah, so I guess my comment about shady shit going on kind of applies, but it's not like shady. It's just that there are it's these. Secret. Yeah. <laughs> so, so would you watch Amagi Brilliant Park? I was about to ask you the same thing. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> but you no, know, I think I would. Um, it, it seems like it's it's not like a slice of life, but it's more like a like a comedy, and you know I I love it an underdog story, especially with this character having a very limited amount of time uh, bringing this park up to speed, and that intertwined with like this fantasy element, like how much that that's just gonna strain this guy, um, but. I feel like there there are a lot of antics um, involved that would make this series entertaining to watch. What about you? Yeah, I think I'd watch it. Um, I think the premise is fun, but like not over involved. So I feel like this would be a really good watch if I wanted to just maybe not turn my brain off, but wanted something a little less taxing. Like if I were to go from something like a like a Bokurano to like this, this would be like a nice um, like palate cleanser almost because it seems like there's a tiny bit of drama but not like anything insane um, that would make me feel fatigued so I feel like this would be a, a nice anime to pick up if I just wanted a fun easy watch next on the list we have the OP from Azure Lane I don't know if I'm saying that right Azur Azur uh your guess is as good as mine okay well, i'm gonna go with azure lane <laughs> um and the op is graphite slash diamond by Maine, and this was submitted to us by a listener who asked to remain anonymous um this one vibe check right off the bat i'm thinking mobile game oh yeah i'm getting mad mobile game vibes from this it was <laughs> It was giving 86 vibes for me. You know, I got that too in the beginning. It, but then as the OP went on, I'm like, this feels like a mobile game anime. Yeah. I think it was mostly because the one character in the beginning looks like uh, Lena. Yeah. 86 with with the hat and the, the white hair. Uh, but yeah, I was starting to get like the mobile battle game vibes too. Um, mostly with like aerial and naval battles. Like these games that kind of attach these attractive female characters to its gameplay to sort of appeal to the masses. Uh, and like, holy shit, the, the one maid looking girl who like bows towards the camera camera with like her massive ass tits. Did you notice that part? Yeah. Like, Jesus. <laughs> Honestly, this whole OP, it's like a lot of characters, like a lot of characters. And I'm pretty sure they're all female, like I think. Um, and they're either lollies or big titty anime girls. Which is, again, why I'm thinking this is a mobile game because it's probably, you know, one of those games where you can, like, collect all the characters and all the outfits. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was like, okay, that's the vibe it's giving me. But also it said Azur Lane uh, the animation, which is why I'm like, again, is this some yeah. is it something else that wasn't originally an anime that they're now creating an anime spinoff like off a, of? Like a tie-in yeah. to the game. So that's like, and that's like the best that I can I can pull together because there were just so many characters that were like flashed on screen, and most of them weren't even doing anything; they were just standing there posing. So I was like, <laughs> okay. And there's like battles going on behind them and shit, but for, yeah, for the most part, they were just there to look at. It's like war is bad, but look at these hot anime chicks. <laughs> so if I'm gonna guess what's happening here, um, I'm gonna guess that there's a war going on between like different factions or maybe like different groups of beings. Because you have like girls in like European looking outfits and Asian looking outfits, and you've got like furries with cat ears and shit. 
So, yeah, but they all seem to be battling the entire time or battles going on behind them. That That is like the best that I can scrounge together from watching this OP. But what about you? I was guessing pretty much the same thing. It's It's an anime about a battle for naval and aerial supremacy between an Eastern faction and a Western faction where the armed forces are just, they just happen to be headed by a mix of cute and hot anime girls. (laughs) So this one, I think the synopsis will be very interesting to read. And the synopsis on Mal Forazer Lane reads, When the sirens, an alien force with an arsenal far surpassing the limits of current technology, suddenly appeared, a divided humanity stood in complete solidarity for the first time. Four countries, Eagle Union, Royal Navy, Sakura Empire, and Iron Blood, formed Azura Lane, paving the way for the improvement of modern warfare, which led to an initial victory against the common threat. However, this tenuous union was threatened by opposing ideals, dividing the alliance into two. Sakura Empire and Iron Blood broke away and formed the Red Axis, and humanity became fragmented once again. As a seasoned and experienced fighter, the Grey Ghost Enterprise shoulders Azure Lane's hope for ending the war. But behind her stoic persona hides a frail girl afraid of the ocean. Even so, she continues to fight as she believes that it's the only purpose for her existence. Meanwhile, Javelin, Laffy, and Unicorn, three ships from the Union, stumble upon Ayanami, a spy from the Red Axis. Strange as it may seem, they try to befriend her, but as enemies, their efforts are for naught. Still, they persevere in hopes of succeeding one day. Amidst the never-ending conflict within humankind, the keys that could unite a fragmented race might exist. A soldier coming to terms with her mysterious personality and camaraderie between those with different ideals. That was really long. Also, I got <laughs> none of that from the OP at mm. all. I don't even know who the main character is that they were talking about. Yeah, so I'm going to add some more context to this through a Wikipedia article about Azure Lane. It is a side-scrolling shoot-em-up video game created by Chinese developers Shanghai Manju and Xiamen Yongxi. Uh, set in an alternate timeline of World War II, players engage in side-scrolling shooter gameplay using female Moe anthropomorphic characters based on warships from the war's major participants. So it is a tie-in with a mobile game. Interesting. Okay, so would you watch this anime? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I mean, I got like the sort of alternate World War II timeline vibes with the whole faction thing. But the, just the fact that this premise screams mobile game with these, <laughs> I was going to say pay-to-play characters, like I, that doesn't, that's not within my realm of interest. Uh, maybe there are mobile game players that would find this a lot more fascinating than I do, but it's just not my cup of tea. What about you? I, I, I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> I just, I don't know if I have any interest in it um, based off of what I watched in the OP and based off of the synopsis. I don't think this is my kind of anime. So I'm going to say no. And the next anime we have is Heaven's Design Team, the season one OP, which is Give It Up by 96 Neko. And this was submitted to us by Bellum. 
So Heaven's Design Team, um, pretty obvious title, I think. <laughs> yeah, I've actually heard a little bit about this anime because I think it came out pretty recently, like within the last year or two. Um, I don't know if this was a recommendation from someone, like one of our friends or from the Discord. Uh, oh, it came out in, yeah, 2020. But yeah, I think that the title of this seems pretty obvious like what what the premise is going to be and so vibe check wise it seems fun bright kind of lighthearted, like very lighthearted, but like not lighthearted in like the like basic slice of life way like there's something interesting about what's going on here yeah i like the the opening or like the the song that they use has this sort of like ska influence in it i like um, the animation style too yeah uh, and it kind of shows that heaven is not like a, like a paradise in the clouds, but more like this this grand corporate office. And I'm just saying that because the character that this opening seems to focus on the most has this business suit on. And I, I like how he has these cute little angel wings on the back of the suit. Uh, but yeah, it seems like this one is just a, a lot of fun and frivolity. I don't know if... Like, premise-wise, there's anything that's really deep about the anime. And there is kind of, like, the group of people sitting and talking at the table in the beginning of the OP, and it seems like they're talking about animals. So if I were to guess what this anime is about, um, based off of both the OP and the title, I'm guessing this is a team of people in heaven who maybe, like, design animals or like all of the creatures on earth because i saw like a unicorn and a dragon so maybe there's some weird stuff they design that doesn't ultimately get approved um but each of the characters also seems very different because like you've got the one chick who looks like a like a handy person or like a, a construction worker i guess um, you've got the guy in the, the suit who seems more like corporate and straight laced. So maybe like one of them focuses on like the appearance of the animal and the other focuses on like the practicality or how they'll interact with one another or how they behave in nature. Like there, I, I'm guessing there's a facet of the animal that each of these characters is like an expert at or like handles. But essentially what they're doing is creating the animals for the earth. What did you think this might be about? So I think each of the characters are different gods and goddesses, and they come together to try and create various fantastical animals and creatures because because the ones that God created in seven days were too boring. But I think it's more so like they create the characters individually. And so the one quote-unquote God in the business suit that this opening keeps showing. I feel like he's struggling really hard with his designs. And so he has to kind of work a little bit harder than the rest to come up with something brilliant. I could see that because there are moments where like each of them is talking about a specific animal versus like all working together on an animal. So, okay, so then what's the, the show actually about? Because now I'm curious to know if like you're more accurate or if I'm more accurate about how the animals are created. And so the mouse synopsis reads, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He also sought after a wide variety of animals to populate the planet. However, he felt that it was too tiresome to think of new ideas within his criteria. To address this problem, God appointed an organization, the Heavens Design Team, 
to do the work instead. Shimoda is a newly hired angel who serves as the mediator between God and the design team. As he steps into his role, he witnesses his co-workers conceive interesting ideas for many unique life forms according to God's desires. From giraffes and snakes to birds, anteaters, and everything in between, the possibilities for different animal species are endless. Okay, so they're not gods or goddesses. They're, I guess they're angels. And then uh, I'm assuming Shimoda is the businessman looking. The business angel. <laughs> <laughs> the business bitch. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess he's more of an intermediary rather than a part of the design team. So would you watch Heaven's Design Team? I would. It seems like an interesting thing. I, I feel like this is just going to be like <laughs> a sort of like animal planet documentary about the different animals of the world just condensed into anime form. But I also feel like there are going to be abominations that the design team creates that will have very like comedic elements to it and to to like maybe it's like an animal of the week format um but i would love to watch this uh, and it's very biblical in a sense so like kind of that's that's an interesting thing to see in anime something that's almost like that teeters on the line of biblical well what about you yeah, I think I'd watch this one. Again, it, it feels very lighthearted, like even more lighthearted than Amagi Brilliant Park. I don't even know where you could infuse drama, like maybe like they're not meeting deadlines or something like that. But that like that kind of drama that's not really that serious. I feel like this would be another great anime to kind of just like sit back, relax and like enjoy um, versus, you know, feel exhausted after watching. So, yeah, I, I like it. And I, I think the, the animation style is really nice. So I would be interested in watching this one. And next we have the OP from Land of the Lustrous. Is that how you say that? Yes. Lustrous? Lustrous? No, Land of the Lustrous. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> which is the song Kyomen no Nami by Yurika. Um, and this was submitted to us by Slamajama. So I'll be honest, this one might have been the most difficult to pull any sort of context from that we've watched in, in the second half. So I struggled with this one <laughs> pretty bad. Um, vibe check wise, the only thing I could think is, oh God, it's CG. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> With the way that the the floating girl looks at the camera and then just stares at you to the point that it makes you uncomfortable. I'll be honest though, and I know I've, I've kind of said this about a lot of anime um, in this episode. I've heard a little bit about this anime and it's thanks to our friends at the Otaku Host Club because I believe they briefly talked about this in one of their recent episodes um and so i feel like i have an idea of what the premise may be but yeah vibes that i got is like ethereal magical psychedelic in both the music and the visuals again with that floating female character but in that sense it's it's very abstract but i think the one kind of running visual motif that you have to work off of in this are like the, the crystals or, or like the different colored diamonds um, that kind of scatter throughout the up or throughout the opening. Yeah, that's really all I could deduce from this is like there's gemstones flying around and there's a green haired chick most of the time until this red haired chick shows up for like a minute. 
it, like that's it like the green haired chick is just floating around like i guess living her best life and then the red haired chick looks a little bit concerned and that's it and when the the gemstones fly around sometimes they have like a, a person's reflection in it but i i don't know what to make of that so maybe there's a lot of characters in the show that just aren't featured in the op but yeah, mm-hmm. that's like all I could deduce from this. So if I were to guess what the the story is actually about, I I don't know. Like because the girl, the two girls that are featured in this, their hair color seems similar to the colors of the gemstones, and like it has that vibrancy to it. Maybe they match a gemstone. So like the re- the red haired girl could have a connection to like the gem ruby or something like that. Um, but other than that, besides the fact that it's CG, I I really couldn't tell what this could be about what what did you think though yeah i mean uh looking at the title land of the lustrous lustrous is uh, an adjective that's rooted in the word luster which that kind of refers to like like the shine of like some sort of item and so that i think that's where the, the sort of crystal element or gemstone element that you mentioned plays or plays into this uh, but yeah, I'm assuming like the, the girl with the the jade colored hair. I don't know if jade's the right uh, crystal or gemstone is the focal point, but she's one of other special characters represented by these various colored crystals, and they exist in this vibrant universe, this lustrous universe that's about to be torn apart somehow by chaos and disaster, and so it's up to her and these other characters to kind of keep the peace while i guess maintaining their own soulful luster i'm sure our friends at otaku host club are listening to this and are saying you got this completely wrong <laughs> <laughs> but looking at the mal synopsis it reads in the mysterious future crystalline organisms called gems inhabit a world that has been destroyed by six meteors each gem is assigned a role in order to fight against the lunarians a species who attacks them in order to shatter their bodies and use them as decorations phosphophyllite also known as phos foes pods is a young and fragile gem who dreams of helping her friends in the war effort Instead, they are told to compile an encyclopedia because of their delicate condition. After begrudgingly embarking on this task, Foz meets Cinnabar, an intelligent gem who has been relegated to patrolling the isolated island at night because of the corrosive poison their body creates. After seeing how unhappy Cinnabar is, Foz decides to find a role that both of the rejected gems can enjoy. Hoseki no Kuni, or Land of the Lustrous, follows Foz's efforts to be useful and protect their fellow gems. So kind of on the right track, like that the girls had connections to gemstones. Mm-hmm. But what a wild premise. What a just like random premise. Like someone thought, I'm going to take gemstones and I'm going to create war. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like like when they were kids, instead of playing with toys, they played with gemstones yeah. and crystals. And then that's how they created the story so would you watch land of the lustrous so I, I see on mal that this is actually by studio orange and i know they are pretty well known for their uh, cgi anime work um i'm you know i'm not so hesitant about watching cgi anime um if if it's enough of a compelling story uh, i guess 
I would give this a watch. I know that they did uh, Beastars and Trigun Stampede, and those looked pretty good. I didn't watch Beastars, but I did watch Trigun Stampede, and I thought um, the animation in that was was pretty good. Uh, and you know, as outlandish as this premise might seem, um, I think it's an interesting enough story to keep me invested. But what about you? CG aside. No, I would not watch this anime. I don't think anything about the synopsis appealed to me. Nothing about the OP appealed to me. I just don't find that premise, that idea interesting. So I probably wouldn't enjoy it. I, I know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but I'm just guessing that like this would not be something that would resonate with me. So it's very unlikely that I would watch it. Um, but the fact that there's CG, that it's a CG anime kind of adds to the fact that mm. I would not watch mm. it. And then we have the OP for Tsuritama, which is Tsurezure Monochrome. Monochrome? Monochrome? How do you say monochrome or monochrome? Monochrome. Monochrome. By Fuji Fabric. Um, and this was submitted to us by Lumisomnia. And I've never, ever heard of this anime before. What are we looking at here? <laughs> have you ever heard of Tsuritama? No, but watching this opening, it looks like pure goofy fun under the sun. <laughs> yeah, vibe check wise, I put like that it's fun but chill, like a fun but chill slice of life. I I put that this looks like a series that's just one long beach episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I see like the summer, I see students, I see a lot of fish. Um, apparently everyone likes to dance according to this OP, but all I can think of is, is this a fishing anime? <laughs> I think it might be, but I don't mm. know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what else are you going to do at this like beachside destination? Like I, I, it'd be constantly, it'd be kind of boring to constantly just see a beach ap episode after beach episode. Uh, but yeah, a lot of fish and hook motifs. I think the fact that the fish are on hooks, the hooks, uh, makes it seem like it's related to, like the a fish, like the fishing hobby. Um, the dance that you mentioned, I, I feel like I have to kind of learn this dance that these characters are doing, like I did with uh, Hare Hare Yukai. Uh, from, Get out of here with that. <laughs> uh, because, you know, it just looks like these characters are just, they're just having a blast at, in the dog days of summer. And because they're like so chill in this OP, the only thing I can really, you know, kind of gather about this storyline is maybe it's about these four male students. Um, and during the summer, they, they like to fish. And there are other students who also like to fish and they talk about fishing and they do a lot of fishing and they talk about the different fish they can catch and it's a slice of life. So there's some drama around fishing. I don't know what kind of drama you can have around fishing, but maybe fishing is an escape for one of the, the students who has like a tough life or something like that. Or maybe they have to enter a fishing competition because the slice of life anime about high school students always have to involve a fucking competition. <laughs> maybe they're going to nationals <laughs> for fishing. I don't know, but that's, that's what I'm going to guess. What about you? Um, yeah, like I said, I feel like this is a series that's just one long beach episode. Uh, maybe these students uh, like visit a beachside tourist destination. Maybe they work there and f from there they kind of develop this this sort of passion for fishing. And so I wonder if like this series will give 
enough attention to the hobby of fishing like my dress up darling did to the hobby of like crafting cosplays. They'd need a lot of titties then. <laughs> <laughs> so would you watch Suritama? Well, we have to go over the synopsis. Oh, oops. Yes, you're right. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> so the synopsis for Suritama on Mail reads, Saving the world by fishing? Oh my God. <laughs> Yuki Sanada has always felt like a fish out of water. Socially awkward and anxious, he struggles to fit in with his surroundings and moves from town to town with his grandma. As he and his grandma settle into the charming seaside town of Enoshima, Yuki hopes for a fresh start. However, his reputation at school is jeopardized by the arrival of fellow transfer student Haru. The eccentric Haru immediately makes a splash, wildly claiming to be an alien and declaring that Yuki is his friend. Pairing the reluctant Yuki with their classmates and fishing talent, Natsuki Usami, he tasks both of them with the absurd mission of saving the world from a mysterious threat in the ocean. Mischief and hijinks ensue as these three embark on a whimsical adventure filled with laughs, heart, and self-discovery. So you there's say mischief, mischief. What? When? Oh, mischief, mischief and hijinks. <laughs> no, same thing. Mischief. Monochrome, monochrome. <laughs> exactly. I, I didn't think there would be a sci-fi element to this though but is it like fake like maybe the kid just like thinks that he's an alien or is like like, to, a, like likes to goof around <laughs> like what was that like like the trinibios who think oh, they're yeah. in like a <laughs> fantasy world or whatever so i guess like the fishing element we were right about that mm-hmm. i guess it's yeah like just them enjoying their time it's kind of slice life but i guess with this character yuki um, just having to get used to his new surroundings, but then making friends. It was about the friends they made along the way, right? <laughs> um, would you watch this anime? Um, probably not. I wouldn't totally write it off, um, but just, you know, at, at this first impression, it doesn't quite seem like something that, uh, that would catch me. Hook, line, and sinker. I'm wow. trying to make a fish pun <laughs> or fishing pun. Um, so I would say probably not, but what about you? I would probably put this on the back burner as another series to just wind wind down with, like if I don't want to watch something too taxing. Uh, but again, like with with the fishing thing, I'm sure this series makes fishing to be really interesting, and maybe it has made some of its viewers more interested in taking up the hobby. But fishing, I look at fishing like I look at golf. I'd, I'd rather watch paint dry. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I would say, you know, if I have nothing else to watch and I wanted to just pick up a show and, and kind of uh, relax a bit like people who fish, I, I would probably watch this. So we've gone through another 10 submissions, but to round things out, we have a bonus submission that we wanted to include because we couldn't not include this one, given the fact that neither of us have seen this wildly popular anime. So this is the very first OP for One Piece, which is We Are by Hiroshi Kitadani. And this was submitted to us by our patron, Hernstrom. So yeah, 
One Piece. I mean, obviously, we know about One Piece. Well, I don't know much about this anime. Like, we know enough to understand, <laughs> like, the very basic premise. But the most that I know about it is, like, it's about Luffy, and Luffy's a pirate, and he stretches, and that the One Piece is real or something. That's the extent of my knowledge of One Piece, other than the fact that people fucking love it. Well, I think that this looks like one piece of hot steaming garbage. <laughs> I did technically watch One Piece a long, long time ago, and I ended up either dropping it or putting it on hold, however you want to categorize it, um, after only watching a handful of episodes. But it was so long ago that I do not remember what I watched. So I am still pretty fresh when it comes to One Piece. But I have to say... Looking at the list of OPs, I think there's 24 OPs for One Piece already. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That seems like so little compared to like the thousand episode, a thousand plus episodes that it has. That's true. It, they must stretch out these OPs for stretch out, uh, stretch yeah, <laughs> for quite a number of episodes before they switch to another one. Maybe the arcs are really long. Um, but yeah, this is ep- OP one of 24. So vibe check. Um, Right off the bat, this OP is triggering my thalassophobia with those giant <laughs> sea creatures. And like they're all really big next to the ship that Luffy owns or whatever. But then the last one is like like gargantuan. It's like a like a megalodon kind of shit thing going on. And I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I love the the sort of nostalgic vibes uh that this OP gives. I mean it it being the original or the first opening i think one piece started airing um in the 90s yes oh here on mail it says uh starting in 1999 um and just hearing the song like it gives off this like high adventure vibe much like departure from hunter hunter yeah that's a good comparison uh i mean i i'm not i don't have thalassophobia but you know like I I understand all the pirate motifs. Of course, it's a like I I have a, an idea of what Luffy's trying to do um, in this series. Uh, but yeah, I just kind of love the happy-go-lucky sort of positive uh, nature of this opening. And this one's interesting because uh, the the link that Hernstrom sent. It says One Piece opening special edition. Didn't they redo the OP when they hit the the one thousandth episode? I think they like redid episode one or something. Yeah, so it was kind of like a remastered version. Yeah. of the OP, like, like yeah, high definition. Um, but I, I don't know if this one is called special edition because it has, if you know, I don't know if you notice, it has sound effects for a certain point, like like as the characters are doing certain movements. Yeah, very very JoJo's Bizarre Adventure of them. Yeah, so I'm wondering if it's called Special Edition because this sound effect opening was used for key episodes um, during whatever arc, or like the, the this initial arc. Um, but yeah, I, I watched the remastered opening when it had, or the series had hit its 1,000th episode or whatever. Uh, and I, yeah, kind of compared and contrasted. It's kind of cool. I mean... Again, we're not One Piece fans, so it doesn't mean much to us, but I'm sure this resonated with fans of the series, like longtime fans of the series. So with our very minimal knowledge of One Piece, we will now guess (laughs) 
what is going on here? Um, so just based off of the first OP, which I'm sure is setting the foundation for all that One Piece is about, um, there's that beginning part, which I don't know if that's like normally part of the OP or if that was just part of the special edition. There were no English subtitles, so I didn't know exactly what was being said. But there's some like big pirate dude, right, who looks like he's about to get executed in front of a, a square full of people. Um, so I'm guessing this pirate dude, maybe he had some like big lost treasure or the One Piece or something. Uh, so when he died, all of these pirates are going off to try and find the One Piece because you have that shot of like the bajillion pirate, pirate ships. ships that are like, you know, heading out to to sea. And then you have, of course, Luffy running around um, acting unhinged. And then he goes off with, I assume, to be his crew, which is made up of some ginger girl, a guy with a lot of swords, a guy who smokes, <laughs> and a clown with a slingshot. So that's One Piece. The end. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you think the show is about? No, m- my summary is basically the same thing. Luffy gets together a motley crew to set off in it on an adventure to find Davy Jones's locker, which is rumored to contain the one piece that will automatically grant him the ranking of pirate King of the universe or something. And no one else can say otherwise. Uh, <laughs> it's funny that you say the, the ginger haired girl, the, the guy with three swords. Cause I think it's Nami. Is, I have no idea. <laughs> pretty sure Nami's her name. And then uh, Zoro is the guy's name. That sounds familiar. The, the, the sword. The guy with the three sword, yeah, um, and I, I don't know the the businessman's name or the, business the slingshot guy's name. <laughs> Although I, I know our, our friend Rob, who seems he's to be, probably <laughs> freaking out he's right probably now, probably fuming. Yeah, right? he's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you guys?" <laughs> so I guess we'll just go ahead into the mouse synopsis for One Piece, which reads: barely surviving in a barrel after passing through a terrible whirlpool at sea. Carefree Monkey D. Luffy ends up aboard a ship under attack by fearsome pirates. Despite being a naive-looking teenager, he is not to be underestimated. Unmatched in battle, Luffy is a pirate himself who resolutely pursues the coveted One Piece treasure and the King of the Pirates title that comes with it. The late King of the Pirates, Gold D. Roger, stirred up the world before his death by disclosing the whereabouts of his hoard of riches and daring everyone to obtain it. Ever since then, countless powerful pirates have sailed dangerous seas for the prized One Piece only to never return. Although Luffy lacks a crew and a proper ship, he is endowed with a superhuman ability and an unbreakable spirit that make him not only a formidable adversary, but also an inspiration to many. As he faces numerous challenges with a big smile on his face, Luffy gathers one-of-a-kind companions to join him in his ambitious endeavor, together embracing perils and wonders on their once-in-a-lifetime adventure. So we were on the nose. There you go. Okay. So would you watch One Piece? Well, why watch this anime when we can just watch the live action? Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Which It's been getting pretty good reviews. People are saying it's probably the best live action adaptation of an anime that has come out in recent memory. But in that regards, I'll start One Piece after I start One Piece. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I know it's it's, it's part of the, the big three, right? And I feel like every anime fan is probably obligated to watch One Piece or have watched One Piece at one point. Um, it's just... 
the episode count gets to me. But it, it does seem like a, a really good time watching this series. And, you know, I think just the hype around the Netflix live action that has come out has kind of piqued my interest a little bit more. I am kind of salty that this live action got better reviews than Cowboy Bebop, but that's not going to um, deter me from watching the actual anime because yeah, yeah, everyone keeps saying, oh, watch One Piece. It, it, it's a great time. And, you know, with that almost being a universal answer, I can't see why those people would be wrong. But what about you? So I technically already did watch One Piece a long time ago, but I, I would and, and will rewatch One Piece or like start it again. Um, I fully intend to. I know sometimes I like to, you know, talk shit and be like, oh, I'm never going to watch One Piece, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm never going to watch Naruto. I'm never going to watch Bleach. Um, I've already, we've already started Bleach. I don't know. Someday maybe I'll do Naruto. We'll, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That one's the one where I actually might not ever watch it, but we'll see. Um, but One Piece, yeah, I, I will watch it um, at some point. But you're right. Like, the episode count is extremely daunting and it would take a lifetime to catch up at this point. So maybe we should just go ahead and start now so that we at least have some chance of trying to catch up to a thousand episodes. Or yeah, maybe the the live action will condense all of that. No, I'm a, good. A nice <laughs> <laughs> I think this time around, we did pretty damn good guessing what these anime are about based off of these OPs and EDs. I'd say you had a slightly better edge than I did. You but... did really well in the beginning. You were like on yeah. top of it. <laughs> but yeah, this is a lot of fun. I, I'm glad that when we first pitched this idea... That a lot of our listeners are really excited by it. Um, maybe we'll do another game like this. We'll, we'll bring back the OPs and EDs guessing game at another point um, down the road. So look forward to that possibly. But hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to us uh, botch these anime as much as we had fun trying to guess what the fuck was going on. Yeah, maybe some of you want to bludgeon us like a Dokoro Chan for what we were <laughs> what we were surmising. But yeah, this was a lot of fun and yeah, I would love to do this again in the future. And thank you so much to our patrons and our listeners on our Discord for playing along um and submitting these OPs and EDs for us to guess. We appreciate you guys so much and we love all of the support and all of the excitement behind this idea. And thanks to all of you guys for listening and tuning in each and every week and hanging out with us. Subscribe as always to Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series, on Twitter or X or whatever at Strictly Series, and check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show like our newest patron, Chris L., then head over to patreon.com slash strictly series and tune into Strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.